Welcome to the 2022-2023 FPL season. This is the I Should Have Captain podcast and we're ready to get going. Another one. I hope you're all well. Um, it's been a really, really, really short summer, and uh, FPL is back upon us again, August 2022. Um, I had a great end to my last season. Of course, as many of you know, I was frustrated removing Kulisevsky at the end of the season, but it is what it is. We start again, and another opportunity to complain and have headaches about the same damn teams and players over and over again. First thing I want to start off this episode by reminding people the purpose of FPL. Your goal is to get the maximum amount of points. The reason why I'm talking about this is a number of times as we go through the season, people forget that the goal of all this is to get points, such as either things like value, which is also important. We'll get to in a separate episode or a separate part of this episode. And also that they start chasing famous players, which is what is happening now. It's not about the most important player. It's not about building an actual score that you could play in real life. Some teams will end up having players like Declan Rice and you're just like, why? The goal of this is to get points as much as you can with 100 mil to set up your squad and you move forward. That is the goal. That is the aim. Do not forget that for whatever reason. Just have to remind you people. It's all about getting points. All right. So the first issue that we need to talk about this year is Mo Salah. That is the first decision. Um, Of course, all the different players and their prices have changed. But the important thing you need to understand is Mo Salah is a game breaker. He has, I think in the last four or five seasons, had the most points of any player in the the league. And he, after getting his extension with Liverpool, has no reason to not do that again. So now the question becomes, at his new price of 13, is Salah what's bringing back into the squad? Especially knowing what he can do and what he has done over the last couple of seasons. So that is where we need to <laughs> decide what we're going to do. So what we're going to do is literally just build the squad right on the pod as we discuss and go through each one. Now, for me, my Salah decision, I really do not want to have him. I really don't because I think at 13, he has to, and I say this, has to provide double digits holes every game week to justify that 13 price. The other thing too is you have to then, with the rest of your money, be able to, Get a team that can provide as many points aside from Salah because if Salah doesn't get you a double-digit hole and you don't captain him, then there is less money to get all these other players. So that's the first decision. So for now, for the purpose of this draft and even as we go along, I'm going to have Salah. Let's just say I have Salah. Next, the next issue that a lot of people have brought up again because we're going premiums first typically is should you have Kane or Haaland? Of course, depending on fixtures and how you want to look at your team, remember this year there is a second wild card in the first half of the season simply because of the World Cup that happens in November, December. So as a result, we have three wild cards this year. Obviously, the one that ends at the beginning of game week one, which doesn't count as a wild card, it's just at the beginning. You get one wild card for half the season. You get another one this year because of the World Cup, which is a special circumstance and then a wildcard in the second half of the season. So that's three wildcards available for you to use 
If you do not use your workout from the World Cup, it will go away. So you might as well use it, right? So essentially, that puts the first half of the season into two halves. So you can do the first half up to game week eight, game week nine, game week four, whenever really, and then the next wildcard at the World Cup. And then, of course, a new one gets refreshed to you in January. So with that, a lot of people are now planning or strategizing for the first eight game weeks, which is fine. I, on the other hand, I'm going to plan my game week as though I do not give a damn about the wildcard because shit will always happen anyways. So why am I going to prepare to use a wildcard if everything can get broken regardless. So for me, um, the first person on my list after thinking about Salah is going to be Haaland. I, I just think he's going to be a game breaker. Um, and those who know me in my group chats, baby goat, I think. Um, Erling Haaland, I, you also look at West Ham's, I'm sorry, we don't know West Ham, Manchester City's fixtures. After West Ham that opened up the season, they've got Bournemouth, Newcastle, Crystal Palace, Nottingham Forest, Aston Villa, and then Tottenham. I think they slap up everybody. The only thing, thing is though masses don't look like they're going to start off very very strong so it might be slow i even expect west ham to win the game um that is my expectation i think west ham are gonna do it but it's manchester city i would not be surprised that they win everything it wouldn't it wouldn't be shocking the only thing is i don't think they're ready with Haaland yet but the Bournemouth game in game week two um and they are home that's their first home game first Haaland's first home game i just think they're going to slap up everybody so for that reason, I'm just going to bring in Haaland. I don't want to worry about the transfer. I've already talked about that at the beginning of the episode. I don't want to plan transfers. I don't want to plan wild cards. I'm just going to play my game and adjust as I see, uh, as I feel necessary instead of preparing only for game week eight and then, nah, I'm just not going to do that. So Erling Haaland comes into my squad. Now, as you can imagine, that's already a lot of money. We only have hundred million um, to spend and we've got 15 players to set up with. So I've got Haaland, I've got Salah. The next for me is then the other side of the Haaland conversation, Kane. A lot of people are doing one or the other. Um, I'm of the opinion that you want to have both. I think Kane is going to be a game breaker in Spurs. I think with Antonio Conte, they look very good. They look very sharp. So I am not going to play that risk. I'm just going to have him. It was for me actually more about Kane or Son. I wasn't really bothered about Haaland, Kane. I think Haaland is just a player I'm going to have. I don't want to have anybody else in Manchester City. Their midfield doesn't look settled. You could have Grealish. You could have Foden. You could have um, Bernardo. You could have Mares. There's just so many of them. Even after losing Sterling, um, it's just it's just too much. So I'm just not going to touch that at all. I've had issues and problems with Foden in the past. I don't want to go there anymore. So Kane comes in for me. Of course, Next, we now look at okay, defenders. Again, the thing about premiums and players everybody's going to own. Of course, Trent is the popular one. A lot of people have Trent. Um, I, I like Trent. I even really wanted to have Trent. But because of where my price is going, I think Robertson is the one that has a little bit more of an edge, um, in my opinion. I'm going to go Robertson instead. Um, in fact, the only other alternative for me would have been Robertson and Trent together. So that would have been the combination. I I cannot see how it is. Man, Liverpool is just going to be a disaster, I think. And not in a bad way. I mean, like, in terms of providing points. I think what we saw in the Community Shield, especially with Darwin, I also want to have a third spot where I'm still trying to decide, do I go Darwin, do I go Trent? A lot of people are thinking, you know, do they go um, Diaz or Robertson? Very interesting way you think about your team. But again, the goal is to maximize your team to get the maximum number of points. This can all go really, really bad can all go really, really bad. But for me, I'm going to have some fun. 
while I play the game. So for me, Robertson comes in. I'm going to ignore trends and see how this goes. I'm also, again, going to go back and forth on the Salah thing. Remember, once you bring in these players, in my own strategy, I don't particularly care about the transfer. I'm just going to enjoy it. Um, last season, I was still in top 20K, if I remember correctly. So for me, I will always find a way back. Last season, I didn't have uh, Bruno Fernandes and it didn't kill me. Um, so let's quickly speed this up. So Jesus comes in automatically. I think everybody already has Jesus. Um, I'm going to bring in Walker. I think Manchester City's defense is also going to be really, really decent. I want a 4.5 goalkeeper. I don't, I don't particularly trust um, goalkeepers that are 4.5 right now. Also that are 5.0 and above. So the Mendes, the Martinez's, they're all great by all accounts, but I, I'm just not going to go there. I think I'm just going to stick with my strategy. I've always had a 4.5 goalkeeper and they've typically done well. You can go with any one of Raya, Melier, Sanchez, maybe even Guaita, but Guaita's fixtures are much more difficult. So for me, the one with the easiest run of games, I think is Melier. Um, they play Wolves, Southampton, Chelsea, Brighton, Everton, and Brentford. Like it, it just seems so easy. Again, keep in mind, they have a lot of injuries over our leads and they've also lost Calvin Phillips. So it could go horribly wrong. But typically, goalkeepers don't provide a lot of points anyways. If you get a glitch, it's wonderful. Otherwise, I'll take saves. So Melee has a lot of saves, and we move on. The interesting one about 4.0, um, which I'm going to have, um, it seems that Leicester have a goalkeeper issue where they're going to, they just sold away Schmeichel. And interestingly enough, their goalkeeper, Ward, had an injury quote unquote and he's just getting back to full fitness so he might not play for that reason but still because he's still a popular pick i'm still going to hold ward i don't expect him to be my starter he's around 19.6 percent owned right now in the league but um i have found out that he had um an injury from a guy named ben denary you can find him on twitter he does sports injuries and he talks about danny ward coming back so that was that then, of course, now I've got my strike force. I've got Jesus because, because it's just a game wrecker. I think that's a problem. But I'm actually, funny enough, not have Jesus. Initially, I wanted to have Jesus and everybody had him. And now I think, interestingly, I'm going to have Salah and not have Jesus. Um, and <laughs> I've been a huge proponent of him all preseason. But for whatever reason, I feel like his ownership now is providing a hedging opportunity. That's how you play the game. The goal is to get maximum points relative to other people. And also... You know, that's the second order level of the game. The game is, the goal is to get maximum points, then get maximum points relative to others. Because if you can get 100 points, great. But if other people get 120, then what was the point? You know what I mean? So we have to think about those players that a lot of people are going to have. But at the same time, which opportunities are they not going to show up? I think Arsenal, even though they play really, really well in the preseason, they play Crystal Palace, which isn't that easy. Like last season, Crystal Palace got four points off Arsenal. And if you remember correctly, even the 2-2 that Arsenal got at home could easily have ended 2-1 if not for a last um, gasp um, equaliser from Lacazette. So it could easily have been 2-1 and that would have been six points off of Arsenal. I don't think Vieira is afraid of Arsenal. I don't think it's going to end as nicely as we think for Arsenal, at least just open up the season. But they look really good, really, really good. I can't deny that. Again, it's just Arsenal can always be a wild card, especially with Crystal Palace. Could just, Anyways, you get my point. So Jesus, interestingly enough, the other thing too about the game, of course, that we should talk about, player prices are also another thing to factor in. Jesus being owned at 75% of the league as of the time of recording puts an issue where his price cannot go up. Well, not that much anyways. Like for his price to go up at 75% ownership, it has to be so significant that more people buy him. I don't see that many more people buying Jesus. 
He's clearly undervalued. That's part of why his price is that high. But his price can only drop. So imagine if he gets a yellow card, a red card, or blanks. He blanks in game week one against um, Crystal Palace. Blanks in game week two against Leicester. Now it's giving people something to think about now. Of course, they got Bournemouth, Fulham, and Aston Villa. But I think I could actually go without him for two game weeks. His price isn't going to change much. If he doesn't do anything, that's fine. And then I come back and buy him in game week three. So that's just, again, something to think about. Um, on the other side, so let's complete our midfielders. Again, now because of putting all the guys I think are essential, I'm going to start having to find some great value picks. So this is where I'm going to bring in Bailey. I think, you, again, someone who's done really, really well in preseason. So Leon Bailey, for 5.0, 15% ownership. I really like him. And then there's also Andreas, who's um, a loony from Manchester United and who has gone to Fulham. So for me... I, I quite like I quite like where this team is going. Um, and then the final defender for me is also going to be Dalo. So Dalo is an enabler, four point five. Um, I, I really like it because he plays for a big team. He might not. Even, what if he doesn't play? Well, I've got Nico Williams, which everybody has at this point in FPL, and then Patterson as well. So four point zeros. I've got my midfielders that I like. And now I'm hedging my bets against Arsenal. And this is where the Arsenal situation is coming in. So I think Zaha had a really, really amazing preseason, by the way. And he's gone under the radar in part because of his fixtures. So when you look at his fixtures, um, Zaha just... Arsenal, Liverpool, Aston Villa, Manchester City. It just, it just doesn't look good, man. Like it's, it just... Ugh. So... <laughs> that's why people have left him alone. But again, I've talked about it. I, I don't particularly care about, you know making the transfer to start. I think against Arsenal, I can get something. Liverpool is probably going to blank. Aston Villa is difficult. Manchester City is difficult. I should probably just ignore Zaha entirely. But you know what? The game is a game. Let's have some fun. Um, <laughs> Rashford is my last player from Manchester United. I think he also looked really, really sharp. Keep in mind, Martial is injured. So with Martial being injured, that means, you know, there's more opportunity for him to play. There's also rumors that Ronaldo was in training. Man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how that's going to go. So with that team in mind, I still have Jesus for now. And of course, this could slightly change. But if I took out Jesus, I don't even know where else I would go with that money. I think what I would do if I took out Jesus, it would be upgrade either Zaha or Rashford to like a, you know, like a Bowen or a Saka. Because I think that price ownership at 7.75 just doesn't do anything. You're just getting the same points as everybody else. Again, I understand the goal of the game is to get maximum points. But on the other side too is get maximum points relative to others. You know what I mean? So that Jesus one is the only one I could change. So just keep that in mind. Jesus is the one that's more likely to change than Salah because I think that ownership is just so dangerous. It does nothing for me. If I have him, only downside. But if he does nothing for everybody else and I have someone else who's doing stuff, hey, so that's kind of how I think about the game, you know? It's, it's all game theory. You have to think about, okay, what happens in the event of whatever. Am I going to be upset if Jesus gets a bunch of points? No, not really, because it's kind of expected at this point. But if he blanks and I get a bunch of points from whoever I pick, like if I upgrade Saka because Saka takes the penalty, or I go get Bowen because Bowen unexpectedly scores against Manchester City, I'm going to be happier. And then I would not have Jesus. I would not have to deal with, you know, some enablers in my midfield. And I would have Haaland and Kane as my strike force. 
then that that sounds a little more tantalizing to me. So just keep that in mind. But right now, as we schedule this fixture, the way my 11 would end up looking, Haaland, Kane, Jesus, Rashford, Salah, Zaha, Bailey, Dalo, Robertson, Walker, and Melier would be my starting 11 going into the season. Remember, still have two transfers. Sorry, we still have regular transfers, and then we have two wild cards to start off this first half of the season. I mean, what do you think? I mean, I'm, I'm liking it, you know? So I'll leave this for long for now, but I'm still going to do some last minute tinkering with Jesus, upgrading Bailey, upgrading Zaha. Those, those would be the places I would go because let's again, so again, just humor me a little bit. If we take out Jesus, all right, because everybody has him. So there's no value. I could one, improve Dallow. That's one, one place I could go. I could improve Patterson, could improve Nico Williams, but there's nowhere else we can get a 4.0 player other than goalkeepers. And we're not doing that because we already have one. Then the maximum value relative to the point. I think Jesus is going to, again, break the league. For sure, he's going to get a lot of goals. But then I could then also improve Nico Williams to like, for example, a trend. And now, you know, I find a 4.5 player in, I believe, who's the guy who at Aston Villa? I believe it's Archer. I believe that's his name. Yeah, Archer. He's, there's a lot of, you know, expectation on him this year. So let's say we do that, okay? And now we've got the team with Trent. And here's the team. Trent, Robertson, Dallo, Walker, Bailey, Zaha, Salah, Rashford, Kane, and Haaland. That isn't bad at all. Not bad at all. And we don't have Jesus. Now, again, so my Trent, who everybody already has as well, is who I'm using to battle against Jesus, which is strange. But interestingly, it would not be that. It would actually be Salah. It would be Kane, and it would be the four premium combination of Kane, Haaland, Salah, and Trent. That would be going up against everybody else's combination. So that's kind of how I would be thinking about the game. <sighs> Later, of course, I'd have to come back for Jesus. But at that point, I would expect that his price has dropped if nobody else does anything, you know, and I would find the money from somewhere to upgrade, you know what I mean? Hopefully that, you know, price value starts to go in my favor in the long run, but we'll see there's going to be a lot of bandwagon jumping, especially that came to Haaland transfer. That one is, is sure to be expected. I, I suspect, if we know Haaland is already owned by 40 something percent of the league, it could jump, especially if he scores one or two. Imagine he does scores a hat-trick against West Ham. That could skyrocket his price. So he could go by Point one, point two, even before he plays the next game um, against Bournemouth on the on the 13th. So those kinds of things we have to think about as well. All right, so captaincy. Let's just get into captaincy just to round out this episode. So we've got Salah, just because he has a record. He scored in the last five seasons on the opening day. He scored in every game on opening day. So naturally, that's a great place to be. Kane also has a great record against Southampton. So that's another place to be. You could go Haaland just because if you were a uh, community shield, every ball was looking for Haaland at some point. He should have scored maybe even two. He had the chance where he skied it from point blank range, which shocking. The other one where he sh should have used his head, he used his feet. There was one he scored, but actually went, um, the ball went out of bounds first before, you know, Foden brought it back and he scored. So Haaland is still sharp. It's just a matter of at what point are we going to get the Haaland we think we're getting. Interestingly enough, you could go Liverpool defense as well. You've got Trent, obviously who scored in the Community Shield. 
But remember, Mitrovic just came from scoring 40-something goals in the championship. And I understand it's the championship. Remember, even when Leeds came, we all talked about how uh, was Leeds. They also scored at, um, you know, Liverpool when it was their own opening game of the game of the season. Um, so things can happen with Liverpool. And of course, you know, if you want to have any other differentials like KDB, Son, it would not be far-fetched. Certainly want to go with trusted players to start the season. And, um, you know, make your choices. Just be sure you're going to be able to live with it because it is going to be a season of, man, I should have captained. I should have captained. I should have captained. With that, ladies and gentlemen, I'll catch you in the next one. Peace.